Thank you for listening today to the Kingdom Business Coaching KBC Keys Podcast. And now your hosts, the co-founders of Kingdom Business Coaching, Patrice Seguet, Scott Landis, and Deborah Slot. Welcome to the KBC Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Seguet, with Scott Landis and Deborah Schlott my co-host for this program, and we have been talking about this series titled The KBC Keys to Business Success, or The Three Keys to Kingdom Business Success. We've dealt with the relationship key, which is the first key. We've dealt with the values key, which is the second key. The good news is now we're going to transition, guys, into the third key, which is the growth key. Uh, We probably thought we'll never get here, but we are here. And so if you've been following this series, you literally have been following a concept that is part of a book that we are about to publish, also part of a class that we are about to do called the KBC Keys for Business Success. That will be offered sometime this year in the month of November. Again, you want to stay in touch with us because once the registrations go up, we want to make sure you register for that class. It's open to everyone. And then, of course, those who want to be coaches, we have a unique class for you to be certified to use the KBC coaching system to be able to add to your toolkit as a business coach. But we'll talk more about that. Now, guys, so we've kind of laid a pretty firm foundation on relationship values, and now we're going to talk about growth. And so, well, I want to do this a little different than I said to you earlier I would. So as we make this transfer growth, Scott, you often make this statement about relationship and growth being kind of the, the bridge, if you will, to growth. It's, you know, so let's first open up in that way in terms of the idea that we've laid this relationship foundation, Deborah, we then went to this value and then growth piece. So let's talk about before, because I want to go to the scripture on growth and we're going to talk about the theory of growth today. But talk a bit about how relationship connects to growth. And then, Deborah, I want you to talk about how values connect to growth. And then we're going to introduce this growth topic. Is that okay? I'm not put you guys on the spot. But let's see how good coaches you are on the spot, unprepared to address this. I'm going to see if you, you really own this stuff or it's just books you read. <laughs> well, the, I'm not sure if this is answering your question. So, right. you know, steer me in the right direction. But the first thing that comes to mind is the growth, when you look at our our platform we have relationships values and growth in that order and it's a it's in the shape of a triangle where the relationships are clearly the biggest part of the three keys Mm -hmm. and then values in the middle and then growth is this little small triangle at the top and i often want to make it clear that as important as growth is i mean it's not like we're trying to minimize growth we we're on the same level of any other entrepreneur or any other business coach out there as far as growth is important and we're not trying to minimize it. We're just trying to show that values are that much more important and relationships are that much more important to focus on to have the three keys be in the right balance. Does it make sense? Yes. But what I was also trying to get to is, all right, so I'm about to talk about this growth thing. Why was it important for me as an entrepreneur before I begin to deal with my growth issues that I should have dealt with my relationship. Yeah, because you need to create margin. And I think we uh, may have touched like on this and before. And we did. And but we did. it's good to emphasize it, that relationships, um, it's a tough thing because there's never time uh, from, for an entrepreneur or a business owner to yeah. have quality relationships, to really invest in all those relationships. And there's 
a lot we talked about in, in previous podcasts. You know, we've got our family, we've got our customer, we've got our vendors, we've got our other stakeholders. There's a lot of relationships pulling for our time. But it's so important to build margin in that. And it's a step of faith. It's like, you know, a unreasonable optimistic faith that I can have these relationships and do it with quality and do it with time and invest margin in those relationships. Why is that so important? Because we know that we need margin in our growth. And we, what we've uh, found through the study of these three keys is you build margin in relationships first, and that gets you margin in relation in, in growth later. And then it actually cycles. I love once you have margin in the growth key and you've got lots of profit, you can invest more time in your family, for example. I love what you're saying. Here's the image that I got. Here's what I'm getting for what you're saying, Scott. So as as I'm not about to deal with growth as an entrepreneur and as a coach helping other entrepreneurs, if I would have properly dealt with relationship, because the growth aspect it can be so demanding. Uh, can be so complex, if I have the margin in the relationship, I can carry that over to give me the win to be able to deal with the complexity, the demands as I deal with the growth issue. Because oftentimes the growth issues can also be so complicated or complex. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, somebody said to me today, don't mess, whatever you do, don't mess with my money. Yeah. <laughs> you follow me? And it, you've heard it saying, it's all about the money. Mm-hmm. It's never about the money until it's about the money. You follow me? But if I have the relationship goodwill, I can, it can kind of help me to address that margin that I need. And there's a whole other discussion there because oftentimes when I'm doing relationship, I start with little margin, or at least I perceive I have a little margin, Mm -hmm. little resources, but you're saying I need to invest in faith, believing that that goodwill will give me some equity down the line that I can use. Mm -hmm. So, Deborah. Yes. Why should it have been important for me to f- make sure my values are intact? How does value help me now as a little growth issue? Well, you're, once you've established who you are, what you believe in, uh, who you belong to, that relationship at, in the beginning, now the values help to steer you on the right course. If you're in growth and you've made maybe a, have a windfall, that is an opportunity for uh, the enemy to, to come in and lead you down a different path. Mm. Or if you have, uh, maybe you're not making what you want to do, but you see an easier way to do that, your values help to steer you in the right direction and keep you out of danger and out of problems. If you don't have those to anchor you, you can be um, you can be in a lot of trouble. You guys are both hired. I mean, I love this. <laughs> I love this. I mean, here's what I'm hearing you say. Values is both both preserves and protects. It does. So if I've got that together, then when I'm not dealing with growth issues, I have something to anchor me, to protect me. I love that word, anchor. Yeah. And then if I get a windfall, I got something to preserve me because uh, because success tend to challenge the, our, our roots, our values, our belief system. That's right. And I think we talked about earlier, at least it's in the book, where, where as an example for you, we've talked about that um, you already knew what to do when questions came up about right. challenges around money. That's right. It was already established. It is a risk mitigation. Mm-hmm. I don't have to fall into the traps of either acquisition of bigger and more 
or that I'm grasping for however I can get business one way or the other, because you've already established, you know, the direction in which you're moving. You don't have to make decisions. Well, not as many decisions on the fly because you've already made that happen. I was talking to a young man that I mentor. There was a client of his that um, questioned a, a bill, an invoice, questioned and need, wanted re- repayment. And I said to the young, and the young man was questioning the validity, whether or not he should or not. And it came to my attention. I called him. I said, listen, um, I think you should pay back the money, refund the money. And he, he said, well, Patrice, here's a problem. I don't have the money. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, I, said, I don't have the money. I said, let me tell you something. In, in my journey in the last 20 years, one principle that have kept me out of trouble have preserved and protected me. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I've acted in, in faith because I, I didn't always have and sometimes don't, even when I act on this principle, which is I never argue over money. I may negotiate. I may get clarification. I may discuss it. But at the end, if the person insists, I let them have it. I don't argue with money. I said, that has helped me. So he's what I'm going to do for you. I said, I'm going to give you the money to pay back. And then, and then I said, do you understand why I'm doing this? <laughs> they said, I do. I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> And I say, well, Lord, help them. Maybe one day they'll wake up and they'll get it. You follow me? It's a young man mentoring. So for me, he doesn't have to agree. I get it. It's like raising children, right? Your child doesn't, I'm not calling him a child, but, but your child doesn't have to understand what you, why you're doing what you're doing now. But you do what you need to do for their best interests. And one day they look back. What you did is going to be a better lesson than what you said. Well, I just want to point out that that is a great example of how margin that you have uh, accumulated in the growth key, you were able to leverage that margin that's right. to reinvest in margin in the relationship key. That's right. That's and that's right. going to build a uh, return on investment. There's margin that you just invested in the relationship key. I love it. I love it. And, and Scott, I come to you, Deborah. And Scott, I, I just got something I think you've been saying. I don't think our listeners have fully grasped. Let's put it this way. Maybe they're smarter than I am. I think I'm grasping it, but it's coming even so clear now. When we talk about the margin, the relationship key, it's almost this this um, uh, ma- this this ability through relationships to manufacture currency that is unlimited, unbound that you can use later, which can save you money or make you money with the, with a growth piece. Mm-hmm. I want them to grab. I hope you guys grasp that. Is that when when Scott talks about the margin relation? Is is it's a currency? It's a negotiating power. It's goodwill. It's, it's money in the bank that you don't see, touch, or feel. But guess what? You know you got it when you're in a crisis or a situation when you need it. And guess what, guys? Mm-hmm. It's money in the bank. Because this young man, the reason why he was able to get me to be willing to give him money so that he can take care of this, because guess what? He has margins with me. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Right. Sometimes undeserved margin, but he does have margins <laughs> with me. Because when you're in a mentor-mentor relationship, it's different. Mm-hmm. When you're in a father-son relationship, father it's different. Then when you're in a peer-to-peer relationship, you know you you tend to give more grace. Uh, you tend to give more more mercy, show more mercy to your children, to those you're mentoring. Then you do a peer-to-peer model. But the same thing is there: is that that margin is not always deserved margin, but when you when you know you is there, that's money in the bank. 
Deborah. Well, I'm also going to say that this, from this viewpoint, Patrice, that you're looking at this from a stewardship and not an ownership. That's right. You don't own this money. You're That's stewardshiping. Right. You're stewarding this money or this organization, That's and right. so you're able to um, look at how you either in that refund position or helping somebody else out. Right. You're looking at it from, as you're saying, that that continued growth position as a steward. And, and after the I said, just don't do this. Don't say you're doing it because Patrice said. <laughs> you know, own it. Act as though, in other words, act as though you believe it, all right, until you learn later. I mean, you follow me? <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and, and the Lord blesses you for that. Amen. You know, he, and we've seen that happen as That's well. Right. That's right. Um, that when we, when we uh, are placing our values ahead of our need to hold or to... Uh, uh, grasp more money that the Lord blesses us in return for it. So let's talk about the theory of growth. And the reason I'm calling this the theory of growth is because growth has a theory. And if you don't understand the theory of growth, it could hamper your growth ability, or you could grow, but grow on even on unbalance. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's look at scripture. So in John chapter 15, Jesus establishes some principles that I think are important to the theory of growth. Now, theory of growth there's several scriptures that are important to that concept. I'm just going to focus on this particular one. Take the class. You want to know more about it or read the book. So John 15 verse one says this. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So, Here's what I'm discovering here in this theory of growth. The first thing is growth, every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, it takes away. So growth, if you don't grow, you die. Right? So in terms of theory of growth, you either grow or you're dying. You, you, it's, you can't move. In other words, if, if you're not bearing fruit, he takes you away. Mm-hmm. Right? So growth is an absolute or you die. Another way to say that is you're cut off. You're cut off, right? <laughs> Some people don't want to be cut off. You want to be cut off. So here's the deal. And then the second thing we see is that every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. We suggest growth is painful. He prunes that you may what? Bear more fruit. So there's these two ideas. There's pain either way. There's pain if you don't grow. There's pain if you do grow. Now, so let's talk about this idea. So Jesus established in scripture, and the theory of growth is that growth is painful. But if you don't grow, guess what? You even suffer more pain. Guys, then why aren't people growing? I mean, think about it. You're going to suffer if you don't grow. A harsher suffering, the struggle. And you would think that that's enough of a disincentive or incentive for folks to be committed to grow. If lack of growth is painful, okay, I could lose the risk of being cut off. Why isn't that enough for folks to grow? Reminds me of uh, one of my favorite books called The Slight Edge, and it's it, and then there's another one called The Com- Compound Effect. They're both very similar, but it's about the things that lead to success are easy to do, but they're also easy not to do. It's very easy, like I think about you know use. Um, physical health. It's easy to um, work out for 20 minutes, but it's a really easy not to. 
Yeah. And when you work out one time for 20 minutes, you're not in shape all of a sudden, right? But it takes sustained uh, pruning. Yeah. It's sustained pain. There's pain associated with working out, right? And, and it hurts a little bit. But if you do that over and over and over again, all the things that lead to success, it's like a, there's a compound effect. It takes uh, doing it over and over again. But it's also the same thing is true about, you know, if you eat a cheeseburger today, you're not going to automatically be out of shape. But if you do that every day for the next 10, 20 years, it's going to lead to unhealthy. Uh, obesity. So there's, and that's right, there's unhealth, pain in that heart death. Oh, wow. There's pain in the growth. But oh. it's almost easier to not do the things that require growth. It's perceived as less pain, but it's long-term more pain. Yeah. Deborah. Mm, wow. I, I, just thinking about what Scott was saying and, and how often we do that. Um, but I think also that uh, many Christians believe that it's sinful to acquire wealth. Ah, okay, go on. <laughs> well, you know, if I'm wealthy, then, um, you know, I'm not, I must not be Christian because I need to suffer if I'm a Christian or that I should be doing my business at, at a break-even standpoint so that I can give the best pricing or best benefits. That's not scriptural at all either. Um, in, in what you're talking about here, this this verse says that it bears more fruit. Mm. The Lord wants us to be in abundance mm. and so that we shouldn't be afraid of making money. So I'm hearing two things from you, Deborah. Well, I'm hearing the theology issue. Why people don't grow? Because, number one, their theology won't let them. There's some have a theology, some have a, an ingrained belief system. Or we could say theory. Like we're saying that's right, theory that somehow growth would be contrary to what is good for them as Christian. That's right. You know, it, it, they'll be sinning. They'll be violating something. There's this code in them that somehow is hindering them because of their worldview. And they might be okay with growth in every area, but, but not in money. That, that, that one area. <laughs> Right. And then, Scott, you're, you're suggesting resistance to pain, mm -hmm. right? And the perception in them that they, they found the path of least resistance, right? It, both sides are painful, but somehow one is easier mm -hmm. than the other, and they found the path of least resistance. Yeah, and I also think, you know, just to add to that, I think it's by default, things tend to decline. I love it because of sin. I love that. Sure. So by default, things tend to decline. And so as a result, it doesn't require pressure on their part, mm -hmm. but rather subjecting themselves to the pressure that's coming on them. Well, you know, I think the human nature as well, we look at, I know where I'm at today and I know what I can handle or what to do with it. That growth thing, that's kind of maybe something new. Mm. And I'm not sure what's out there in that new area. What other changes that need to be ha made, what I may have to um, not do any longer. I'm not sure what's hiding out there that I have to deal with. That can be a scary place to go to. I'll call it the fear of success. That's right. The fear of success. In other words, what happens if it works? That's right. What happens? That resonates with a lot of our listeners. I know. What happens <laughs> if I do make the money? What happens if I do end up there? And sometimes, because we've seen people who do have money, who have been successful financially, quote unquote, that they lost their marriage, right? Lost their children, right? I mean, all kinds of behavioral issues, whatever the case may be. And we say, I don't want to be like that. So as a result, we then say, ah, the reason what did that was growth. 
So we too blame. focused on growth. Too That's right. Too focused on growth. Well, we hear this, the, the people quote the verse, you know, money is the root of all evil, evil, but that's not the root. That's it right. is a root. That's right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a misunderstanding of scripture. That's right. The other thing we talked about earlier before we started the show, which is this poverty mentality. Let's talk about this idea a little bit. And, I, and I'll call it, you know, I, I believe that there's this emotional intelligence. And let me define emotional intelligence, which is the this this your spirit your emotions and your 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 subconscious has a mind okay has a mind and this mind has the ability to learn it's not your conscious mind your subconscious mind and your life experiences um the things you've heard and the people you've interacted with your culture kind of shapes that, and it and it and it, it it's what defines what you're afraid of, what you're excited about, and it's that unseen, unfelt mind that really has does more to influence your behavior than your conscious mind. So the way that works, so so when I say emotional intelligence, can yeah. I just add real quick? Yes, um, part of that is that you know reptilian brain. It's like the oldest form of the brain, and it's there for survival. That's it's right. That fight or flight. I mean, that's right. You're born with it. That's right. And the conscious, you know, you develop, but that's that right. that's it's right. like just that's part right. of the the mammal that we exactly. are. Exactly. And then it kind of it's fed over time. It kind of grows without even us realizing. And it's it. there to protect you to from protect. dying, you from getting it. eaten. <laughs> Here's what what Scott says makes me think of the fact that. God made us that way because us, it learns things without us realizing it. It helps us adapt and adjust for survival. Mm-hmm. How did so the first survive. human being, they, they weren't born knowing fire, but that that subconscious would know fire when it met it, mm-hmm. right? Our conscious didn't know what fire was. So that subconscious, though, don't do that, right? And, and so, 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 so many people are emotionally unintelligent, they may be intellectually intelligent, but they're emotionally unintelligent. And by the way, they may be emotionally intelligent in some aspect, but not in all. So let's talk about this. So the poverty mentality is this idea that when it comes to finance, when it comes to economics, when it comes to matter of physical accumulation, I'm unintelligent about. Somehow my spirit is afraid my spirit doesn't know how to deal with it. My emotion doesn't know how to handle it. It's almost like you go into, let me use our President Donald Trump. You go into Donald Trump's home or his Trump mobile, right? <laughs> Which would be his airplane, right? If you're in the ghetto, you call it Trump mobile. So his Trump mobile, you go there and gold and all this thing around you and you're uncomfortable. Because... You don't know how to behave in an environment of that type of luxury, right? Because your emotional intelligence doesn't have the smarts to handle that level. So you act awkward. You act, but watch this. If you go there for a while, after a while, what happens? Become you more start comfortable. Get more comfortable. You even put your 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 feet. On the on, you know on the table right people say wait a minute you in the White House or wait a minute you are in Trump you follow me you you start needing guardrails but until you get to that point there's this discomfort that occurs so here's my question 
how do our listeners know if they're emotional intelligent or if they have a poverty mentality? Because if you don't know it, you're conscious of it, you can't address it. Well, I think that that's coming to that point when I'm resistant or when I don't want to, um, I feel uncomfortable in a place is to stop and think, ask that question, why is that? You know, many of these um, behaviors have been so, the messaging around them has been so ingrained that we don't even think about what we're, what our emotions are. Subconscious. That's right. Um, we hear it. We may have taken a message and, and perverted it in some way, but it's in our head and, and we don't even act. We don't have a, um, a conscious thought about it. We just act accordingly. So if we can catch ourselves and ask those questions about, as Scott has said in a previous one, why am I afraid? What is it there? What is it about looking at financial statements that makes my stomach turn? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, how come I don't like to confront people in my workplace? Whatever the, whatever those issues or are. Why am I afraid to do the ask? Or when people owe me money, why am I afraid to call them and say, talk, talk? These are real issues that deal with the That's fear right. of growth. That's because right. Because if I'm not, if I'm not emotional in that area, I'm not going to make those things. I'm going to have a huge account receivable. Just because I won't make, pick up the phone and say, John, Susie. And there are many, and there are many ways in which to address that. And it's asking yourself that question, why am I afraid? You cannot take the first answer. You have to dig deeper really beyond it. Go to and, the roots. Yeah, go to the root of it. And one of those Six Sigma uh, questions is the five whys. This makes me afraid or uncomfortable. Why does that make me afraid or uncomfortable? Mm. Why is that happening to me? Until you get down to what the root is. Mm. Well, Patrice, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Mm. And I could be opening a can of worms, but there's a spiritual battle here. And um, and I think, you know, you talk, you touched on culturally our, our emotional intelligence has been, you know, uh, conditioned, right? I think a lot of the listeners uh, subscribe to us are going to have the... Um, you know, have been brought up in a culture where that verse, um, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil is, um, has been, you know, misquoted as, as, you know, money is not the love of money, but Mm -hmm. money itself. Mm -hmm. And so there's this, oh, I cannot handle the money. I can't, you know, get too close to money. Money is evil. And we've been, you know, brought up, you know, that's what was Mike bringing up is, you know, the, the church culture I brought was brought up in, you know, I, I had that feeling and nobody ever told me that, but I just kind of figured it out. It's like what you're saying, that, that subconscious piece. And then I learned that, uh, you know, there's a spiritual war going on wow. and the enemy has an amazing tool with this thing. Uh, some people refer to as ma'am. And if you look at the, um, the root word of what that, that word that's mm-hmm. translated money is, but that's a, a, a spiritual force that's mm. actually in Jesus brought it up. You cannot serve both God and this other thing mm. translated as money. Mm. So that's a being, that's a, wow. that's a spirit. So when you see the root that it's like, okay, there's, it's a war, we've got God and mm. we got this other thing that's obviously evil is attached to money mm. but money itself is not bad mm. but that's the culture you know mm. we we've kind of we've lost that um translation wow. and we've lost that being in touch with what that is wow. and it's been a powerful it's done a good i mean the enemy has done a I good work on, on the church so really i, I should say a bad work uh, yeah no i love it so so really scott here's what you're saying to me so he will destroy it through 
so 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 the idea is that the spirit of mammon wants to destroy us in wealth and in poverty. Yeah. He's trying to either destroy it by keeping money away from us or by giving us too much of it. Yeah. As long as that controls us. That's the idea. That's right. It's a two-sided coin. Two you got coin. Po po poverty on, on one, one side, side and greed on the other. But it's the same. Coin. That's a good visual to use in the book. Is is that mammon that visual? Because that gives perspective. And he knows which where our weakness lies. Yeah. So based on your worldview, based on how you are and so forth, he either use the poverty side or he'll use the greed side. Hey, and I've I've definitely succumbed to both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the first in line. Our genius like Scott, where both of them. <laughs> our time is out. I hate to do this, but we're going to continue. Prepare your takeaways. Let me close with this story. I have a client that I'm coaching, and. One of the talented gal, educated, hard worker, all the thing that should reflect her being financially successful. In other words, growth should be a non-issue for her. But she's been struggling with growth key. And the conclusion that we came to based on discussion that she herself discovered as she's going through BU1 was, and, and during the purpose of wealth discussion, was this power mentality. And what is rooted in is her family and how she grew up and her belief system in, in seeing the fact that, you know, money was either a bad thing or something that she didn't deserve. So as successful as she's been academically, professionally, that limiting belief has kept her from thriving so she can be a bigger blessing. And so as a result, she suffered the other side of the coin, which is being pruned. I'm not being pruned, sorry, which is being taken away. You know, the Bible says, and again, another theory, theory of, 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 of growth is in the financial side, those who have what will happen, more will be given to them. Those who do not have, even that which they have will be taken away. There's a whole lot there to be discussed. Mm -hmm. So here's my question to you guys. What's your takeaway today? What can our listeners walk away with? Scott, let's start with you. Well, I think when you look at John 15, 5, that um, there's a spiritual truth there. And, you know, Jesus is giving us some uh, really good information there. Mm -hmm. Now, at first glance, it seems like, okay, well, that's just simple. or um, But there's something much deeper in the spirit realm, if you if you get in touch with what that verse really means and you follow it in a spiritual context, you know there's a um, there's a God who loves everybody but doesn't trust everybody, right. so He's looking for those He can trust with those resources, all the resources of heaven. There's no lack in heaven to to solve the problems of earth, but how do you tap into that? And John fifteen five gives us a clue. I love it. Deborah. Well, Patrice, I think I'll go back to where we started in that, you know, growth is a result of good relationships and values. And you have to have those two pieces before in place before you can um, look at growth and have it sustainably. Awesome. I don't know about you guys, but I have been blessed richly by this. I'm going to love this series as you talk about this growth key. If you thought growth is boring, think again, mm -hmm. uh, because we're, about, we're on an exciting journey. Well, I pray you've enjoyed this podcast. Again, uh, we are now on uh, smartphones, on whether it's Stitcher or on the iPhone podcast, and so you can subscribe there. But also, of course, you can download this on our website, kbckeys.com, kbckeys.com. 
And of course, we'd love to have you join us again next week. Here's my prayer for you, that God may give you the grace and favor to build a transformational company that impacts people, planet, profit, and eternity. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. To find out more and to discover some great resources, go to kingdombizcoaching.com. That's kingdombiz, B-I-Z, coaching.com. Contact us. Our email address is info at kingdombizcoaching.com. And now may God bless your business today.